It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian Radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. You've tuned in to episode 445 of the Back Row Morning Show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd here at LTN. I'm a third-generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. And I'm Mo, sidekick to the chief radio nerd here to bring the facts and fire to your day. And I'm almost out of coffee. (laughs) Today on the show, we continue our four-day ultimate Ask Us Anything. Today, answering questions about our faith journeys and beliefs. Also on the show today, the best perfume ever. (laughs) But first, today is Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. And we got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. Today is Be Humble Day. Be humble, be I humble. am the humblest. I know, I was going to say, I'm basically the most <laughs> humble person ever. I am so humble. That's uh, one of my favorite running jokes <coughs> of Kevin's. Kevin's? He would always say that. Always. Talk I'm about pretty much. He, I'm pretty much the most humble. Mm-hmm, how he was the most humble person he, he had ever met. <laughs> Real, since we mentioned Kevin, did he message you today? No. About uh, this Facebook group that he's in? No. Okay, so he's in a Facebook group for Texas pastors. And apparently his previous Sunday, uh, one of the pastors made a faux pas on the the screen. Uh, Not on the screen. You pointed at the screen. Sorry. On the stage. And uh, shared it with the group. And that led to all the pastors there sharing all of the times that they've misspoken on stage. And he said, everybody absolutely loved both the video and the sticker that I shared with them. Mm-hmm. And then he said, and some of these guys said some really bad stuff on the stage. So I feel much better about what I said. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the very deeper thing that we very have played a thousand times deeper. on the show. You'll just have to go find it. If you search YouTube for very deeper, I bet you'll find it. So we had a friend <laughs> share um, his testimony the other night at CR and he said chip, but did not say chip. Did not say chip. He, he was saying he was talking really fast about getting his blue chip. and. Oh, so he said the S word. Yeah. Mistake. And I was like. <laughs> Go get this blue chip. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, did anybody else hear that? <laughs> kind of looking around. Like, okay, nobody's reacting. The All accidental, right. The accidental curse word. Uh-huh. What, the Freudian slip. Or right? the accidental. Isn't that what it's called? I think that's usually reserved for like ac- accidental sexual innuendo. That's usually oh. what a Freudian slip is because it's Freud. I don't know who Freud is. <laughs> uh, the, the psychologist. He, was, he, he talked about. Sexual okay. issues a okay. lot. Everything, right. was, everything was pent-up sexual issues is what, why you had problems. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> All righty, then. Baseline, anyway. Hey, uh, are you going anywhere else with this? Or can no. we? Okay, it's also go. single tasking day. Mm-hmm. That is focus on a single task and mm-hmm. get it done. Not multitask, single task. 
I'm, I don't think I'll be able to handle that. <laughs> I don't think I have it within one, me to... One task at a time, ladies and gentlemen. Mm, I can't Try do it. Try it out. I can't. <laughs> now, Mo and I are nerds of several flavors, but we're also nerds for several flavors. And every week, we like to showcase junk food that has been recently announced or even spotted in stores or on menus. That's right. Today, we're going to kick it off with Dr. Pepper Berries and Cream. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it's a part of a giveaway on Dr. Pepper's Instagram. This flavor was around in the mid-2000s, very briefly. And it is Dr. Pepper with a blueberry, raspberry, and vanilla flavor mixed Berries in. And Berries and cream. Um, so, yeah, you can't buy it at the store. But like I said, go to Dr. Pepper's Instagram, and you can win some. Twizzlers Bunnies, which is just little, little bunnies. Little bunnies made out of the Twizzlers. I don't know that I would like these. I think I prefer that to the ropes. Uh, it's possible. I don't it's I don't hate the flavor of Twizzlers, but there is an awful lot of it. So yeah, maybe <laughs> Oh, sorry. Maybe that would be better. Uh Haagen-Dazs is coming out with a a bunch of new just fully loaded ice creams. We got summer berry cake pop ice cream. Okay. Chocolate peanut butter pretzel ice cream. Mm -hmm. Black and white cookie ice cream, which is just like Oreo cookies, right? No, no, no. no. Black, oh. The black and white cookie is like the, the New York deli staple. It's a big, I think, sugar cookie with black icing and white icing. Oh. Half and half. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, coffee, chocolate, brownie ice cream, and okay. dolce de leche churro ice cream. Hmm. Most of these sound amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, new milk chocolate waffle cone cookie crisp dove promises. Oh my gosh, Matt. It's one name. It's one name of a product. So it is a dove promise, one of those little dove bites that has little cookie crisp bits in it that is supposed to taste like a waffle, waffle cone. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Why? Why do they got to do this? Uh, Kit Kat Lemon Crisp is back for Easter. I yeah. have never tried these. Have you tried I've them? I have not tried them. We have to try them. This I year. know. Yeah. I, this is like your, <clears throat> I feel like this would be your perfect candy bar. This might be. Yeah. Because I love me some Kit Kats and I love me some lemon. Well, and, and it's chocolate. I was going to say, it's the, the mix of the yeah. lemon and the mm -hmm. chocolate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to be good. Okay. Uh, Canada, uh, Canada's getting four new versions of Reese's Pieces. Hey, if we know anybody up in Canada, <coughs> they should uh, send us some, <laughs> some of these. He says A in the question mark. A? a. <laughs> uh, Canada's getting four new versions of Reese's Pieces where the pieces, I mean, it's essentially like M&M's, except, I mean, they're made like M&M's, like peanut M&M's. It's chocolate okay. surrounding a center filling of peanut or peanut butter or what have you. Okay. So they're getting... Uh, Reese's Pieces filled with uh, caramel, Reese's Pieces filled with chocolate, Reese's Pieces filled with a pretzel ball, and Reese's Pieces filled with a chunk of a chocolate cookie biscuit, which I'm pretty sure is essentially just like an Oreo chunk. Okay. All of them sound great. Eh. I would like to try them all. All right, Tad. <laughs> We're calling you out. Get on it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're not I'm required. Not, You're not required. I'm not to required. No. <laughs> I'll pay for the shipping. <laughs> uh, let's see. Cinemoji Toast Crunch is coming out, which is just cinnamon toast crunch that they've painted little emoji faces on. I feel on. like they're going to ruin my favorite cereal. <laughs> I really do. Uh, Fruity Pebbles cereal and candy eggs are coming out this year for... Hey. Uh, we tried The first time we tried it was the bunny. Uh-huh. 
And so now yeah. they're coming out little eggs. Hey. Mm. And it was good. I really <laughs> liked it. Uh, in Spain, McDonald's. Do you know anybody in Spain? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you never like these ones from across the pond. Uh, in Spain, mm. McDonald's has a new Tex-Mex menu. Uh, McDonald's nachos are your basic nachos with tortilla chips topped with nacho cheese sauce. McShaker fries featuring McDonald's signature fries served with a packet of cheese seasoning and a bag so you can combine and shake them to distribute the seasoning. And the new Grand Mick Extreme Nachos Burger featuring grilled beef patty, cheese, tomato, tortilla chips, nacho cheese sauce, and onions on a toasted bun. Listen, this is the one across the pond you like to try all that I would really enjoy trying. <laughs> you want to eat a nacho burger? <laughs> Heck yeah. Who wouldn't want to eat a nacho burger? I feel like it'd be pokey. What? You're eating a burger with chips on it. It's going to be pokey. You've never ate a sandwich with chips on it? Not tortilla chips that are pokey. I've had round chips that are potatoey. Okay, but you got to think like when you order nachos bel grande, by the time you actually sit down to eat the nachos, they're kind of soft mm, and soggy. Yeah, okay, okay. So yeah, I get you. <sighs> I get you. How dare you? Anyway, you can't have any. Uh, Taco Bell is taste uh, taste testing a new. <coughs> pardon me, Cantina crispy chicken tortata. Tortada, tortada in Sacramento. It's essentially a crispy chicken wrap with avocado ranch or creamy chipotle sauce. They've recently released a flaming hot cool ranch Doritos Locos taco. Okay. And they are teasing the return of something big in May, most likely the Mexican pizza. Should be, be my day. Nice. Should be my day. Um, they're also, they're, I think it's also been released that uh, nacho fries are coming back in March, March 10th, uh, or somewhere around there. Domino's Japan served up a heart-shaped pizza with heart-shaped pepperoni for Valentine's Day. They okay. made pepperoni in the yeah. shape of hearts. Not I like mean, they placed them in shapes of hearts, like they had it formed and tubed into a shape of a heart and then sliced it. It's got to be more difficult than you think. I mean, I feel like they went the difficult way. It would have been easy to just fold it in half and cut it right. the top part <laughs> to make a little heart. Like, uh, And lastly, one will be buying what? <laughs> lastly, one we will be trying to find and taste test. Taste. I can't talk anymore. Hmm? Brock's. There you go. Good job. I'm proud of <laughs> you. Uh-huh. Late night taco truck jelly beans. Okay. With flavors like margarita. Margarita. Churro. Churro. Horchata. Horchata. Salsa. Salsa. Guacamole. Guacamole. And beef taco. Beef taco. These are jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm about it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be uh, gonna mm-hmm. be rough. Mm-hmm. Gonna be rough. But I will be looking for them. I hope that you find them. I'll also be looking for them. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we've got your weird news for the day. Stick around. Recovered your luggage. Your stolen vehicle, your pictures stored on your device, your passwords. 
In the culture we live in, there are so many things we could lose that would cause great difficulty in our everyday lives. On our family's last vacation, we experienced a taste of that when our flight was canceled and our luggage was lost in transit. Feelings of frustration and worry overwhelmed me, but let me tell you, I nearly screamed in celebration when I got the call saying, Mrs. Oaks, your bags have been recovered. To recover, to find or regain possession of. When we surrender our lives over to God and begin to work through our salvation, the process of recovery begins. The church likes to use words like repentance or sanctify, but at the heart of it, we are in fact recovering, regaining possession of our hearts and minds, regaining possession of our sanity, regaining possession of our lives and ultimately our eternity. All the while, God regains possession of us. To surrender to his will for our lives is to admit we need recovery from a life we once knew. To admit our weakness and exclaim with certainty the only way out is repentance and sanctification. Even when we struggle through the process, take heart in remembering. Just as elated as we are when our most precious items have been recovered, and just as we celebrate the good news we've received, heaven celebrates every time one of their most adored possessions finds themselves in the process of recovery. Luke chapter 15, known as the parable of the lost, paints a beautiful picture for us of that exact scene. The chapter begins referencing lost sheep and then lost coins, citing the deep burden it is to lose something priceless. Then verse 10 states that just in the same way the woman rejoices when she finds her lost coin, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Friends, take joy in the process of your recovery and remember, to the one who paid it all for us, we are far more valuable than we can begin to understand. the back row morning show i'm radio matt and i'm mo and hey make sure you're following us on all the socials we're on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok just search for at the back row ltn and connect with us and now it's time for mo's (laughs) it's really waited to get started on this process fact of the day (laughs) okay so we didn't announce this but today is tuesday the second month, oh. the 22nd day of the second month of the 22nd year. So it is officially two day. It is two day. Uh, so my fact is about two, the number. Okay. Two is the smallest first and only even prime number. This is up for all the math nerds out there. The next prime number is three. Two and three are the only prime numbers next to each other. The even numbers above two are not prime because they are divisible by two. Right. Yeah. yeah so, I know that much. For those of you who didn't know or maybe have forgotten, like myself. Math nerds. Yeah. All right. Uh, now it's over to our weird news desk. Here's a news story you might not have heard. All right. So... The Idaho Potato Commission has released a limited edition potato perfume called Fritz. 
no thank you <laughs> which means fries yeah fritz, fritz by idaho is made from distilled idaho potatoes and essential oils and is designed to smell like a fresh plate of french fries whether you're at a drive through restaurant or dining in it's near impossible to not grab a fry and take a bite before you dive into your meal the smell is too good to resist ipc president and ceo jamie higham said in a news release this perfume is a great gift for anyone who can't refuse a french fry or anybody who's trying to get their significant other to not wait and take a bite oh my gosh <laughs> wow <laughs> the uh, commission said the one dollar 89 bottles of the fragrance sold out quickly on the ipc website they sold them for less than two bucks uh, but social media users can still enter an Instagram contest to win the free bottles. I'm not sure if that's still going on or not, but you can check it out. Just find the Idaho Potato Council on Instagram. You know, I will say that this perfume may be like the next big thing in um, Christian dating. Because if if you're wearing this perfume and you find someone who enjoys waltzing, then you'll know that they are VeggieTale fans. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. I'm sad I had to hear that. <laughs> hey, it's better than my original joke. All right, let's take another quick break. When we come back, we dive into our main topic. Stick around. Thy Nerd emphasize relational outreach. From huge convention halls to local game nights across the world, LTN wants to show the love of Jesus to nerds and nerd culture. We are always developing resources and guides to help you grow nerd ministry in your area and expanding our reach as a ministry into all areas of nerd culture. Connect with us on social media at Love Thy Nerd and at LTN on air and join in. back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember that we air our full morning shows first exclusively on LTN Radio, ltnonair.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our four full shows and our weekly main podcast by searching The Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Or don't. We're not your parents, and we won't be mad. Just disappointed. This week, Mo and I are answering your questions. Uh, while once a week you ask us and ask us anything questions, it's hard to say this. You ask us a question to end the week. We have gone, uh, and we've done a couple short ask us anything events in the past. This week, we've invited you to ask us everything about everything, as long as it's not super inappropriate. Uh, we've promised to answer everything, even the embarrassing <laughs> ones. So today... That was a lot of things. There's a lot oh, of things. Mm, uh, yeah. So today we're answering questions focused specifically on our faith journeys and beliefs. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> All right. So for today, I get to read you're the question. You're going to answer the, Yeah, ask the questions, uh-huh. and I'll answer first. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, from Lark, she says, "What is your favorite verse, and why is it your favorite?" So my favorite is probably a lot of people's favorites, but it's my favorite for probably a different reason than most people. Okay. Um, I really like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, but specifically Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through fourteen. Uh, so it's for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you declares the Lord. Uh, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. I like it because it's about something completely different than most people assume just based on Jeremiah 29, 11. God is talking to his people that he has basically allowed to fall into the consequences of their actions. Mm-hmm. Like for time and time again, God has blessed the children of Israel and the children of Israel have turned their back on him. And he keeps giving them chance after chance and save after save. And, and at this point he's basically saying, okay, this is what your your lives have pointed you to. I'm going to let you experience these consequences. You're going to be captured. You're going to be enslaved. You're going to have a really tough time of it for a while. But there's a reason behind all of this. I know the plans I have for you. You're going to be here, and you're going to realize that you need me. And so you're going to come, and you're going to search for me. And when you search for me with all of your heart, then I will bring you back to me, and I will restore you into everything that you were before you were sent into exile. This is a story about redemption. And a lot of people get a little a little high on their horse about this too and say that, well, this verse is not about you. And no, it is. Every every Almost everything in the Bible is about you mm-hmm. in a way. It's all an allegory. It's all a story. It's all a metaphor for how we're supposed to live our lives and, and act to God. Yes, God's going to let us experience consequences from our actions from time to time. Uh, you know, grace has saved our souls from hell, but sometimes we need to learn lessons here. And so we don't always just get, you know, off scot-free whenever we've done something to deserve consequences for. And so God will let us experience those consequences and struggle and fight and realize that we have wandered too far away from his path and cry out for him and come to that realization that we still need redemption. Even as believers, we still need to focus on becoming a better person for God, focus on charting our lives with God's path and not what we want all the time (coughs) that we should treat like, you know, like we said, you said yesterday that we should be living with a very obvious fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And if we're not, we should try and figure out why and try and correct that. Like there's, there's a whole lot God can teach us through consequences like this. And if we are faithful to him, then we'll come out the other side, a much better person. We were, Mm -hmm. uh, than we were rather. Yeah. So that's why it's my favorite. Um, so my favorite verse actually comes from my favorite chapter within the Bible. Um, that actually comes from my favorite book in the Bible. So Romans chapter eight is my favorite chapter within the entire Bible. And I love Romans. Um, but specifically verse 28 that says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together 
for good. That verse, so right there towards the tail end of a chapter that kind of is very black and white, um, I feel like it's the perfect summary of the entire reason and purpose of our lives. Mm. Kind of paints out perfectly how we're supposed to be living. A life of the spirit is, you know. Yeah. Um, but then it reminds us in verse 28 that while things aren't always going to be good, you know, not everything is going to be good or feel good or perfect or awesome. God works all things together for good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is not only a verse that brings me a whole lot of hope in really dark times, but it also brings me a whole lot of motivation and a a great reminder that it may not feel great right now. It may not look great right now, but as long as we keep pressing forward and keep walking in the faith, it's all going to work together for the good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like that other verse about how, um, God makes everything that the light shines upon into light also. Yes. Like everything using, um, well, like Brother Mott saying in our chat, it dovetails into Jeremiah 29 too. Even the consequences of our actions are meant for our good yes. to bring us back to Christ. Mm-hmm. That's right. God can use all of the broken, messed up garbage of our past, all the mistakes that we've made, all the mistakes that we will make and make something much more beautiful out of them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's why, like, you know, people... You know, people ask the question, you know, why, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? And, and that's really the wrong question to ask because I don't really see it as God, like allowing those things to happen, um, to, to cause something good to happen afterwards. I'm seeing it as God seeing that man's flawed actions are going to happen, but that doesn't mean that he can't take the things that we have done to each other. And then repurpose them into something good in your life. Mm-hmm. Use it to touch somebody else or to, to show his glory to somebody else. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is the almighty recycler <laughs> when yeah. it comes to what the intentions behind our mistakes are yeah. on this earth. Well, and let's be really clear, too. When Jesus is our standard for good, um, we can stand firm on the fact that God allows good things to happen to bad people. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's our next question? Uh, our next question is from Brian, <laughs> and he asks, who has been the biggest influence or supporter of you in your faith? I have a few. Um, my mother-in-law was was kind of the first one. Uh, my first pastor, uh, Pastor Dean, really shaped who I was as a believer and walked me into faith. And uh, John Baker of Celebrate Recovery, his story and thus his uh, ministry that he launched uh, over 30 years ago now was a, a real game changer for me Yeah. when it came to understanding what's really important about our faith and about our faith journey and how to uh, do your best to live up to the standard that God wants you to. Mm. Understanding you'll never be perfect, but knowing the steps to take when those imperfections pop up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was kind of a harder question for me than what I know it needed to be. Really? Yes, I know. Um, <clears throat> obviously 
the first, well, I shouldn't say obviously, sorry. The first person who introduced me to Jesus was um, a lady by the name of Teresa. I've talked about mm-hmm. going to Sunbeams when I was very young, and I think that really it was just a way for my mom to get me out of the house. <laughs> um, but it was through her that we first started going to church as a family, um, even though my mom had grown up in the church. So I think that that kind of reignited my mom's faith. Mm. And so then throughout my later childhood and into my early teen years, my mom obviously was very much um, who I looked up to, to grow my faith. Yeah. But it's been very strange how like ebbs and flows, ups and downs, you know, as people change and people are human, I've had to really learn and grow and adjust my beliefs from what I've been taught as a child, Mm -hmm. from what my mom believes, you know, um, and even through what my grandmother, she was Mm -hmm. incredibly influential in my faith. Um, my mother-in-law was very influential in my faith. There's even, um, our old pastor, his wife's mom, Marmy, she is like a second mom to me. (laughs) And she has been, um, as an adult in the last 10 or so years, she's been very, very, very influential in guiding who I've become over the last decade. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. That was a difficult question. (laughs) The next question um, also comes from Brian and he says, has there ever been a time where you have really questioned your faith? Uh, Not for me, not since finally accepting it. I spent many years in like a semi- semi-spiritual zone where I like, I believed most things that Christianity taught, but I hadn't really taken that final step of actually surrendering my life to Christ, like actually taking that step, getting into it, making an official. Didn't want to do that uh, because I had doubts. And so I just kind of struggled with, do I really believe this? I want to really believe this. I don't know if I really do or not. If I do decide I believe this, I'm going to have to make so many changes about what I think uh, in these other areas of my life and what I'm doing here or there. So I sat in that kind of limbo for many years. Um, But since accepting uh, Christ and becoming a believer, I haven't had doubts per se. I've more had fights where I've fought the, um, the things I know to be true. Or like, I don't want to believe this anymore. I don't want to follow these rules. You know, I've had not, not like intentional thoughts, but just like, that's how I slipped into different areas in my life. I'm like, eh, I want to still, you know, struggle with this for a while, you know, before I give it up <clears throat> forever, this addiction, that addiction. Um, and so it's been more like, it's been more like running away from what I know to be true as opposed to doubting it being true at all. If that Mm. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. No, I, yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think for myself, it has definitely been, I don't want to say doubts. Um, I actually don't think that I've ever had a season of doubting, but I would call it a season of exhaustion where it's, kind of like sitting on the verge of burnout. Oh, okay. 
to where I'm like, life would be so much easier if I didn't have to believe these things. Do you know what I mean? Life would be so much easier if I didn't live by this standard. I need a sabbatical from just faith in general. Right. Walk over here for, which unfortunately is a thing that people take. That's what Gunger did. They took a year off of believing in Christ, which was the weirdest thing I ever heard of. See, and then I kind of like, I always, somehow my mind points back to Jesus on the cross Yeah. and just the thought of he didn't take a break. It wasn't until his last breath, Mm -hmm. you know, and seriously, you're going to whine and complain because your life is so difficult. (laughs) Really? So... Uh, yeah, not doubt, but definitely weird exhaustion. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> um, Brother Maud asks, are there any doctrines in particular that either of you personally cling to? Uh, these days, I don't tend to get bogged down too highly in uh, the highly debated doctrines. Uh, I do ascribe to the belief that when it comes to like the Calvinism and Arminianism, Arminianism debate, we can't fully understand anything enough to truly say that either is correct. Um, and that's the biggest one that's been raging in the denomination that I'm in right now uh, over the past several years and been an issue in a lot of churches, including ours at some point. Um, I feel like it's all just petty squabbling mm. over something that's really at, at its core, a secondary issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because of that, and because of like an active desire to not argue with people anymore, I don't tend to really put everything I have down as doctrines, though I know technically what I believe is all doctrines. Um, but I wouldn't say that there's something that I'm so highly devoted to that I'm going to go out there and shove it in other people's face mm-hmm. and try and prove that I'm right about it, which yeah. I know is not necessarily your question. That's just where my mind goes. I, I actually feel <clears throat> the same. And Matt and I have shared in the past our struggle with that kind of need to argue and need to prove others. Yeah. Um, See, you said you were going to say that so much better than what I was going to say. Our need to be right. And I was going the need to prove others wrong. Like (laughs) it's the same thing. But anyway, um, um, there I I have come to the realization in the last couple of years that one of my biggest fears is that. Um, over my faith journey, I have been so like firm in certain areas that I thought were right, that I may have led someone else astray. Mm. And so when it comes to certain things, yes, there are very black and white areas within the Bible, but when it comes to certain things, I have to stand on the reminder that my conviction may not be your conviction and your conviction may not be mine. And that's okay. As long as I'm following what the spirit tells me and you're following what the spirit tells you, then that's all that we can really do. I actually had a conversation with Mila a few weeks ago. She asked about new earth versus old earth and why so many Christians argue about that. And I reminded her that in the Bible, it tells us that there are going to be things that we don't know the answer to, and that's okay. And that's a very hard pill for a lot of people to swallow is just not knowing the answers to everything. Yeah. But that's where faith comes into play. Believing, <laughs> choosing it. 
Uh, Brother Mott also wants to know our preferred translation of the Bible, and does that preference change with context? So whether we're doing a study or a devotional or reading out loud. So I tend to stick lately with the uh, the CSB, which is the updated Holman Christian Standard Bible. Yeah. It's just the Christian Standard Bible now. Um, there are a couple... <clears throat> A couple portions of it that I take issue with the translation, but overall, uh, I find it pretty, um, pretty well proportioned for, yeah, for, for, uh, my purposes. Sometimes I give the, uh, ESV or the NLT a whirl, but mostly, mm -hmm. mostly lately it's been CSB. Yeah. Same. Uh, well, ESV and NLT are typically, I grew up with NLT. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I just genuinely, genuinely, genu generally, generally, good grief, <laughs> lean towards. Uh, but I also really like the ESV a lot. Mm -hmm. ESV is pretty popular. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Brother Mott again wants to know. He's well, got quite a few more. Well, <laughs> so does it change for you? Your, um, rarely. Yeah. Like occasionally same. if I'm writing a sermon, I, I, I try and... It's more about wording, really, uh -huh. I guess. It's more about how I want to present something. I want it to be worded as clearly and easily um, and to make sure that it's aligning with the either word for word or thought for thought uh, process that I'm going for. So that sometimes will change yeah. what I'm going to use. But when it comes to personal study or reading out loud, then I'll typically uh, still stick with the CSB. Yeah. Same. Okay. So yeah, brother Maud does have quite a few, uh, actually the next, what one, two, four. Of them, four. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to know in what ways was it good or bad that Christians broke off to form their own pockets within the broader media landscape? So like music and, and movies and so I think originally and, and occasionally still, it's a great thing, but <clears throat> moved my mic and I made a noise. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, uh, especially with like video entertainment, movies, TV shows, um, it's been, it would have been a better benefit to get involved and influence the mainstream from the inside instead. Yes. Because it was kind of like Christians just kind of abandoned Hollywood. Mm hmm it's like, all right, y'all want to do all this stuff? We're just going to leave. And so now there was nobody pushing back mm -hmm. kind of thing. That's at least how it feels. Um, I don't know how to what degree that would have worked if they stayed. They might have been shouted down anyway and nothing ever changed. I'm not sure. But it kind of felt like we just gave up. Uh, most instances of Christian-made movies uh, and TV shows to this day are still pretty poor quality. Yeah. Which is why we can gush over things like uh, The Chosen for its quality, even though its quality is no better than a lot of normal Hollywood-made TV shows these days. It's just that it's the fir first big Christian TV show in years that have been like, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, I'm, I genuinely find this entertaining, as opposed to, I have to like this because I'm a Christian and this is a Christian movie or whatever. But we've been the thing that everybody's been doing with God's Not Dead movies for the last decade. <clears throat> Faking it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That first God's Not Dead movie was so bad. It was so bad. Nothing about it made sense. Nothing about it would have happened in the real world. It, it could was have. So awful. Good <laughs> and it's just gotten worse. 
you never know. <laughs> Willie Robertson might walk up in your high school. But when we're talking about like music, college, high school, college, when we're talking about music, I think music is an area that Christians shine. And oh, I yes. think not a lot of people realize that because the mainstream music that we hear coming from, uh, the, the radio like, stations that yeah. are on your dial, uh-huh. uh, it's all geared towards one specific kind of Christian. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's the, the Christian that wants to hear worship music while they're driving to work. That's the positive that's the one. and the encouraging. <laughs> but when you open up the broader spectrum and you listen yes. to the stuff that we play on LTN radio and those artists, and you know, there's probably hundreds more that, that, uh, we still need to feature on the radio station. <clears throat> there's a lot of gold really amazing artists out there that do not get the credit they deserve from either the secular or the Christian world. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, uh, I think music is, is more like a dark horse. I think music is, um, is done amazingly in Christian circles. If you know where to look. Mm -hmm. I agree with everything. Honestly, I have nothing more to add. Okay. <laughs> uh, Brother Maude then wants to know, which leads, I'm, your answer to the last question leads right into this very well. What are your three favorite hymns? Three favorite hymns. So this takes us back old school. Old school. My three favorite are It Is Well, How Deep the Father's Love for Us, and The Old Rugged Cross in no particular order. Okay. I think How Deep the Father's Love for Us might be my favorite. You think? I think it might be. Okay. Um, I'm going to save my favorite for last. Okay. Um, but the old rugged cross for sure. Actually two of our three are the same. Go figure the old rugged cross for sure. It reminds me so much of home being in Tennessee mm -hmm. in a Southern Baptist. It is a very yeah. country feeling. It's not uh -huh. necessarily a country song. It can be, and it's been made that way many yes. times. But it, even when it's sung in a contemporary style, it still gives you that country feeling. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, fun, <clears throat> fun little tidbit here. I grew up Pentecostal, so we didn't sing a whole lot of hymns. But my grandfather, his entire family—they come from a long line of Baptist preachers, and lots and lots and lots and lots of Baptist musicians. <laughs> so think the Gaithers, <laughs> but they were the Sheets. So, yeah, you could actually find some of my family wow. out there. Um, so, yeah, the Old Rugged Cross, um, Come Thou Fount. Come Thou Fount's really good. I love Come Thou Fount. That's in my top ten for sure. Um, but my absolute favorite is It Is Well. And hmm. it's because this is, It Is Well is the very first hymn that as an adult I really listen to the, the words instead of being like, oh, it's a hymn, uh, you know, but listen to the words and then learn the story behind mm -hmm. yeah. why Horatio Stafford wrote <coughs> it as yeah, well. Yeah, it's got a great story. Mm -hmm. Also so, like As the Deer. Oh, as yeah. As the Deer is as a pretty beautiful is and I think good. underrated hymn. Yeah. <laughs> that just popped into my head when you said come that found. Mm. Um, but someone said in chat who is it ky said selah's version of how deep the father's love that is very good my favorite version is actually the phillips craig and dean version of how deep the father's love i think their their harmonies on that thing was was spectacular yeah spectacular all right mm -hmm. what's the next question uh next question also still from brother mod did either of you back deliverance on kickstarter nope nope not really a tabletop guy. Yeah, no, sorry. So, um, okay, we're just gonna move right into. If you could have any one 
Christian from any point in history, apart from Jesus himself, join you in your home for dinner, who would it be? And how would you want that conversation to go? Uh, I would choose David. Um, uh, I think that he had a very uh, interesting and unique life. Yeah, for sure. Um, with many ups and downs and his biggest failure coming, you know, years after his his most uh, well-known victory, uh, how, you know, God had blessed him and put him in such a high position. And he he himself had a a, uh, <laughs> a vacation from reason. <laughs> you know, we were talking mm-hmm. about where we yes. just like, well, I'm I know what what we should be doing, but <clears throat> I'm not going to do that for yeah. a little while. And, you know, had to come to terms with the consequences of that, I think is a beautiful um, beautiful, heart-wrenching tale of how easily we can let ourselves slip into that, um, those bad habits, those bad um, things that maybe at first we wouldn't consider sins, but then they will slowly snowball into terrible, terrible things. I'd want to hear, like, you know, we hear in the Psalms many, you know, a, a lot of his his struggle of how he bounced back from Psalm 51, you know, the, the, the heartbreak Psalm mm-hmm. about all the consequences from, from uh, the Bathsheba incident. But I really love to have a conversation about his story after that point. It's one of the things I've always thought about. I want to ask him about in heaven. Like, yeah. you know, how did you build back up after that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will just go ahead and throw out that I really despise questions like this because it's like, it makes me choose and I am (laughs) not a decisive person. I, the second that I'm like, yes, that one, then I'm like, oh, but what about that one? Oh, but what about that one? I think that that might be people pleasing a little bit slightly. (laughs) Um, I don't want to hurt any of these people's feelings. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's like choosing like the best person out of the Bible. How am I supposed to do that? No, but for real. Well, I mean, Jesus. Well, but it says apart from Jesus. Right, so right. he did take that pressure away from me, yeah, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but I really, <clears throat> I went back and forth between several people and I'm kind of landing on Mary, Jesus's mother. Mm, okay. Uh, from a mother's perspective, just I also, I, I mean, I want to hear from a mother's perspective, everything, all the things like <laughs> every of the things, every of the things, <laughs> what was Jesus like as a baby? What was Jesus like? <laughs> I mean, we know that he, you know, made them wander off for three days while he stayed behind and preached to people. Be yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> as a parent. Yeah. Um, but also I would, I would ask her <clears throat> all the answers to that. Christmas song. Mary? How much did you know? We did know you, you know? knew some of these things. Did you but know? Like, did you know all of the exactly. things? Exactly. Yeah. Every of the things? I, and that sounds cheesy and silly, but I really would want to know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. If we have the opportunity to have a discussion with Mary, you know she's going to get tired from answering those questions from everybody. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's going to walk around with a card with all the answers on it. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. But having, <coughs> I can remember being pregnant with Topher and Topher's birthday is December 20th. And yes, I realized that December 25th is not actually when Jesus was born. However, I can remember being in those moments and really thinking, <laughs> really thinking back and pondering Mary, hmm. you know, and just kind of like, I would want to know. So from a mother's perspective that I, yeah. I would want to sit down. With I've Mary. never thought about that before, but that's a pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good answer. Thanks. Uh, so we are moving out of brother Maud <laughs> <laughs> and into Thray. Thray wants to know what is your preferred way of private time, whether that be prayer, reading, a study, audio reading, whatever. Um, so I tend to do mine in the morning. Uh, and I usually just read uh, a few chapters um, and, and then pray, reflect on it a little bit and pray. I don't go too fancy. I keep it pretty simple. Yeah. <clears throat> Occasionally I'll be doing a study with it, but, uh, m most often it's just read a couple chapters. Sometimes I do a little bit from one book in the old Testament and a little bit from one book in the new Testament. But, uh, right now I'm just reading through Proverbs, uh, and, I love, I do that a lot. I think I do that two or three times a year <laughs> Yeah, because it's good. Yeah. I've talked about this before on the show, but, um, I've noticed, especially since working that throughout the week, having like a specific set aside, dedicated time to a study and prayer really isn't cohesive with my schedule. <laughs> I constantly am in prayer. We've talked about this, how constantly I have like this running conversation in my head, which is how it's supposed to be. Well, and that's Pray also how I <laughs> not end up slapping a thousand people a day. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so whenever I have a moment here or there, I, I will pull out my phone, open up the Bible app and read a verse, whatever I feel as though God is like, Hey, read this one. Hey, you know, wherever my prayer has kind of directed me, but Saturday mornings is the time when I wake up before the kids. I always make sure that I go out into the living room and I sit down still without the TV turned on. It's all super quiet. I have my coffee and that's when I really spend a significant amount of time, 30, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour, just reading, hmm. just really reading because I feel like I'm kind of making up for the week. Sure. <laughs> that sounds bad. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, I know. That sounds really bad. But it works for me right now. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Also, Thray is asking, what is an excellent book or podcast you've recently enjoyed and why? Okay, I got one of each. Uh, I say, I've said this a couple times in the past, but I have just recently reread it. <laughs> or at least most of it, <laughs> which is uh, Unoffendable by Brent oh, yeah. Hansen. Mm -hmm. uh, it really helped me to learn how to react in situations uh, in a righteous manner in all situations. Uh, it really reframed my idea of like, quote unquote, righteous anger. And if that's even possible, um, it... It helped me to think about things from many different angles I hadn't even considered or realized existed. Uh, it's a really good and funny book uh, that helps helps you kind of reframe how you're going to interact with the world around you. And then podcast, the most recent one, is uh, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Mm. 
Uh, it is a true cautionary tale about how easy it is to make ministry all about you uh, to the point where you feel justified in protecting it at all costs, uh, even to the detriment of its mission. Uh, it's a it's a very well produced but heart wrenching story. Yeah. Same for the podcast. Um, I have found that it's very difficult for me to listen to and enjoy podcasts ever since we've been doing this Mm -hmm. because I'm kind of slightly judgmental. Um, But the rise and fall of Mars Hill was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Books, however, I... Francine Rivers has long time been one of my favorite authors and... It's not her latest book, but it's one of her, I want to say it's her second latest book, Um, The Masterpiece, which is about, it has a very, very, very heavy recovery uh, storyline to it. And so it's about a girl who is, she's a mom, a young mom, and she's trying to find her way. Um, trying to make a life for her and her child. And she ends up becoming kind of like a a personal assistant for an artist. Mm. And he's kind of a jerk. Um, But he ends up, she finds out that he has quite the colored background. And so... um, So this is a fiction book, I'm assuming. Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, But... It, obviously, it ends up being a love story between the two of them. Um, but anyway, it really points towards his recovery, yeah. but also her recovery. And she was raised in a Christian home. And so she has this standard and this moral compass, but makes a, a mistake that then follows her her entire life. And so it's just this, I don't know, just this really great, <laughs> great story without giving the whole thing away. It's one of my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Um, the last question from Thray in the last year has being a part of this community and she means LTN, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, impacted or challenged you at all spiritually. So I think being a part of this community has made me more empathetic to those who have felt ostracized by the church over their nerdy pursuits. Yeah. Like I've had this, that kind of feeling towards people that have been ostracized towards, you know, drug use or or, you know, all those, those, those unspoken things that, uh, tend to never be brought up in church, um, by the people that have struggled with them for good reason, because yeah. they're afraid. <clears throat> and that largely was brought on by Celebrate Recovery. But, uh, being an LTN has really like, especially listening to a lot of these, these speakers we've had at LTN con and other things has really kind of opened my eyes, uh, about to just what extent some areas and some churches have gone to push these people out just for, you know, loving something nerdy, mm-hmm. liking Harry Potter, liking Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. and just flat out assuming that it is of the devil um, because because there are, you know, characters and story elements and monsters and things like that's just it's it's blind. Yeah, it's blind reactions um, from people that don't want to understand, mm-hmm. and uh, that makes it a lot harder. So, like, really, I've I've really started to understand, I guess, the the LTN's idea of like it's not necessarily that we're even planting seeds at this point. In many cases, with the people that we interact with with LTN, we are 
tilling the soil again so it'll be ready for plant seeds to be planted again. Yeah. Because it's been allowed to get dry, cracked, and hard over the years from just being abandoned uh-huh. by the church. And hurt, yeah. yeah. <sighs> um, for me, I've, again, I've talked about it before. As far as impacting me spiritually, it's definitely softened my heart um, in an avenue that I really didn't know much about. And it was necessary because it is very much a big part of who my oldest child is. More connection with your son. Uh Uh-huh. But in that connection with him, I've realized the importance of connecting with the nerd culture, the gaming culture as a whole, you know, and I can remember being in that generation where video gaming was looked down upon, you know, when we were youth, that was kind of like a lazy, if you played yeah, video see, games, it was looked at as being lazy. That's the reason that I have never really dealt with this is because this church, the church that I've been a part of for the last 20 years, since I was a youth has never really had a problem yeah. with nerdy pursuits and video games and stuff like that. Every, every, everybody, at least everybody who's vocal didn't really have an issue with it. So I've never yeah. experienced that. I can remember <clears throat> it being a, an issue of like idle time and, and what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, you that's know? been brought up a lot. I remember in youth group, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> but it was more along the lines of if you're going to spend all day playing video games, you need to carve out some time to the vote, you know, thinking of it like tithing almost like carve out 10% of your day yeah. to, you know, building yourself up spiritually. Yeah. Like that's kind of how my youth pastor taught it. <laughs> my youth pastor did not teach it that way. But, um, so in that way, it has definitely softened my heart and opened up my eyes to a, a whole culture of people, a whole group of people that I didn't even realize. <laughs> you are such a punk. Um, okay. So KY wants to know what made you choose or stay in the denomination that you're with? Nothing really. Um, the church I've attended, I said 20 years, it was actually been 23 years, uh, has a set of beliefs that mostly aligns with mine and it's been a great church family to me. Um, but if we move to a new town, uh, I'd be open to trying other denominations. Um, I did find Southern Baptist doctrine to make more sense to me than the Catholic doctrine that I grew up in. Um, but that's not saying one has been better than the other. Uh, I just, you know, I don't, I don't have any issues with doctrine here. <laughs> I don't have to argue with anybody and the church itself has been great. So that's really the only reason it's more about the church than the denomination. Yeah. Um, growing up Pentecostal, I can remember feeling like I had to fight for my salvation every day, kind of like prove, um, that I was redeemed, that I was saved and then feeling huge, massive amounts of guilt when I would ultimately sin, you know, and, and stumble, um, and then kind of doubting and questioning, questioning, well, was I ever actually saved then? Yeah. Was that all for show? And since being married to Chris and Chris grew up Baptist, I I can remember really struggling with hearing that Baptists believe once saved, always saved. And so I had the argument, well, okay, so that means that I could have been saved at nine years old and then go commit this heinous crime, but I'm saved, you know, and really having that coming to Jesus moment when I realized that, okay, 
yes, but no, you know, where God's grace is big enough to cover absolutely anything and everything, but we have to continually come to him in repentance continually. And it's not so much about having fire insurance. That's what I like to say to my boys all the time. Um, (laughs) Do you have fire insurance or do you genuinely have a relationship with God and with the Baptist church? I've really found that they encourage that relationship, you know, and once you begin to love God, Jesus and love God, then everything else, the sin that tends to want to take over, it becomes heavier. It it becomes harder to commit those sins, if you will, um, because our love for God is so deep and so immense. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So for me, there was a lot of condemnation in my Pentecostal faith. That also could have been just because I was a child, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and since attending Baptist church, I've found a lot more grace. I've come to understand grace, but, but like you brought up one of those things that, uh, is something that I, I'm not a hundred percent in line with Southern Baptist uh-huh. doctrine about, which is what well, once saved, always saved. Yeah. Um, because the way it's always been taught, at least to me is once saved, always saved is just that the flat rule. Yeah. And I, I believe that. Once you're saved, nothing can take that away from you. Right. But I do believe that you could give it up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of Baptist churches don't teach that. But that doesn't that doesn't make or break whether or not I'm going to go to that church. Uh, (laughs) Because, again, that's kind of a secondary issue. That's that's only going to come up if that's something that you're struggling with in your life. And at that point, it's something for you to deal with, Mm -hmm. not anybody else. So exactly. So that's, uh, that's where I land on that. But, um, I think something too, that a lot of people tend to forget is that God knows our heart and that is the most comforting thing, the most comforting realization that I've ever had, because to someone else, I could look as though I'm struggling immensely and everything is just going straight to the toilet, but to God, He knows the purpose. He knows the reasoning behind it. And he knows how, just like we talked about in Romans eight, it's all going to work together for the good. Sure. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, Our next question comes from Tad. He wants to know what helped you recover from the lowest points of your faith. God used a program called Celebrate Recovery. It is a Christian 12 step program for all habits, hangups and hurts. Uh, That is, is without that. I, I do not believe I have gotten a hold on the correct process to break those addictions and bad habits. Nothing about it is extra biblical. It's all biblical. It's just putting it in a nice, clean format for you to follow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it it genuinely works when you work it. And you're worth it. So work it. <laughs> That that's what we say yeah. at Celebrate Recovery. <laughs> um, I have literally nothing to add. Same answer. Yeah. Same answer. Same answer. Next question. Uh, Meg wants to know. Megara wants to know what is your favorite part of the Old Testament and why? So I kind of answered this already with the person I want to talk to, but I, I really uh, I'm not, I won't say enjoy. Enjoy is not the right word, but I'm fascinated by the story of David and Bathsheba. Uh, it shows how God chastises, allows consequences, but forgives and rebuilds. I've already covered all this, so I won't go. 
go any further? I personally love Exodus. There was um, a few years ago where I did an in-depth Bible study throughout the book of Exodus and just different areas. Of course, learning about the Israelites and, you know, what stupid, stupid people they are. <laughs> uh-huh. But God's grace, <laughs> you know, and, and his unconditional love and favor over them. Um, if you've never studied the, the plagues, that is probably plagues. like the most fascinating thing to me that every single plague 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 <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> was directly, um, in opposition to one of the many gods oh, okay. that was worshipped. I'm <laughs> like, where are we going here? Yes. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. And then just considering the Red Sea being parted and how the life within the Red Sea still continued to flow with the sea as the Israelites were walking through and fish are swimming past. Just that thought, the visual of it, knowing just how big God really is, Yeah. you know, anyway, Exodus is fun for me. I've, <laughs> I love reading through it, through it. Uh, Meg also wants to know, do you have a song or inside joke with God? If so, what is it? No. How does one have an inside joke with God? I mean, like mm. I say to God all the time, really God, really? <laughs> And I know that God is like, mm-hmm, yeah, really, Mo, really, suck it up and deal. Or, yep, created that one, too, just the same way that I created you. Gotta love them. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really. I tried to come up with something. I can't really think of anything. No. That would fit that description. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't have a, a song, per se. Yeah. Again, Wake up in the morning thing. feeling. No. <laughs> um, okay. And then Meg wants to know which member of the Trinity do you need to devote more time to? Uh, that's a difficult question. Um, I didn't write an answer down for this one because I couldn't answer it um, when I thought of it for. I need to devote more time to not fighting with the Holy Spirit. Cause see, I want to say, I want to say Holy Spirit, but then again, I don't really think that's true because I, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit leads me in many areas. And one of my favorite things about the Holy Spirit is the whole, if I don't have the words to say, I can just groan and he'll take those groanings and translate them to God for me. And, you know, all this kind of thing. But I, I guess as weird as it sounds, I feel like maybe it's the father <laughs> because, uh, I, I often, well, I see, that doesn't make sense either. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Cause I, all right. See, I feel, I feel the Holy spirit leading in my day to day life. I read about Jesus most often, uh, cause I'm typically in the new Testament and I pray to God. Uh, that's a really hard question to answer. 
not because I'm like, oh, I'm so holy. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm here. I just don't feel like I'm, I'm out of proportion with any of them. You know what I'm saying? No, I know what you're saying. I, I, when I tend to when I tend to neglect any of them, I'm neglecting all of them. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah. Like there's never one where I'm just like I'm all Holy Spirit this week. Fair. <laughs> I'm not going to read. I'm not going to pray. <laughs> you know? I do think that I struggle <laughs> with the Holy Spirit, and not in a bad way by any means. But yeah, you know, I can rationalize that God is my father and he loves me deeply and wants that relationship and connection with me. And I can rest in Jesus' sacrifice, you know? Yeah. Um, but then there's the Holy Spirit who's like, mm, you, he's always judging me. <laughs> it's always up always. in my business. And I'm always like, uh, <laughs> give me a break. I'm a human. Gosh. <laughs> God, can't you get him in line? Come on. <laughs> um, no, I. but truthfully, that's the one that I probably struggle most with because that's the one that pushes me towards doing what God requires. Gotcha. So, yeah. <laughs> you think of our topic this week? Is there something we got wrong? Something we forgot? We would love for you to give us an earful. Join us at backrowdiscord.com and message us in the Respond to Show channel. Message us on the socials at the Backrow LTN or leave us a voicemail by calling 575-562-8052. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show. I'm Mo. And I'm Radio Matt. <laughs> Before we go, we want to share some things that we love. Yes, we do. Uh, I'm going to go first. My, my thing that I love is Velveeta sausage queso. It's so dang good. You just had the Super Bowl. I only get to have it once a year, and it's at the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I make a giant batch of it for the church, and I wind up eating at least a third of it myself. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Terrible for you, but so good. Listen, I don't care if y'all judge me for this. I really don't. I am prejudging I you right I already now. told you that the Holy Spirit's judging me all the time. I don't even know so. what it is, and I am prejudging. Um, Dolly Parton. Okay. She's all right. She, like, there's, I don't know. So there's this, the music cares concert on Netflix that I just recently stumbled upon where a bunch of different music artists cover a bunch of her songs. It's, oh, okay. It's like a benefit concert, yeah. if you will. Um, and so she's in the audience watching. And a bunch of Christian artists did that for you, too, back in the high school days. Okay. Really good album. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Um, so I'm watching this this concert, and for those of you who don't know, my home is very close to, I didn't grow up here, but my, it's where my home is considered very close to where Dolly's home is, very close to Dolly Wood, her amusement park. Um, there's, there's a huge part of me that I feel like is Dolly-ish. I love, love what she stands for. She is a Christian, but she is very loving and very gracious. And I think that a lot of Christians tend to get lost in the grace and the love for other people. Does that make sense? Whereas Dolly hasn't over the years. Got it, got it, got it. Dolly has continued to be gracious (laughs) and loving. Um, But also, nine to five, I was listening to the song, and immediately I was like, I need a coffee mug that says (laughs) Cup of Ambition. (laughs) That's right there in the first line. Mm -hmm. Pour myself a cup of ambition. And I'm like, why don't I have this coffee mug? So anyway, uh, they're all over Amazon if anybody wants to know what to buy me for my birthday. Yeah, I would assume that that would be a thing. I know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, her version of... uh, God only knows with uh, for, for King, King and Country, Country was our our top song of 2019 on yeah. the radio station. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she added so much to that. <laughs> it really it it elevated that song so mm-hmm. well. Yeah. yeah, that music video was uh, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is First John three sixteen. By this we know love that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And that's going to do it for the back row with Matt and Mo. We hope you enjoyed our discussions and hope you'll join us again for our next show. Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. As one of the newest staff members of LTN and a part-time nerd culture missionary, I'm looking to build my support team to help this radio station grow and help my family financially as I pour more focus into all I get to do for Love Thy Nerd. For more information, visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus Jesus loves loves you, nerd. nerd.